0: In a world where knowledge is power listen to industry-leading experts discuss the future of digital currency welcome to the crypto untangled podcast learn the ins and outs of cryptocurrency and blockchain and take your wealth to the next level now here is your host dr budib
1: Welcome to this fourth episode of Crypto Untangled Podcast, in which we host Tiago Alejo, a 27-year-old Portuguese freelance digital artist focusing on fantasy imagery. Following his freelance career since 2018, he already managed to work with big brands such as Guillaume and Pixels Please welcome Tiago Alejo. Tiago, thank you for joining me today and welcome to this fourth episode of Crypto Untangled Podcast. So
0: what can you tell us about yourself and your background? Well, I've been doing uh, digital art since I was, I would like to say 13. Uh, I started in a, like a mafia game, an online game back in the IRS Merck, uh, like programs. Like we would chat online those, like it, would, it would be kind of like Discord now, but it was just like chat, no video, no images, no anything. And there was this game called Omerita and it was a mafia game, but people had like all types of anime images to showcase like their uh, like friendships and their allies and all of that. And I started doing images like that for like $2 at the time, like $1, $2. And from there, I just decided to follow like visual arts in high school. And then from there I studied fashion I did like editorial uh, styling and fashion, uh, and then I moved to photography, and now I ended up here. So I'm just a mismatch of a bunch of different areas. Oh, and I also did music too. So there's a awesome. lot. Awesome.
1: <laughs> so what inspires you basically? What can you or how can you describe a situation, a real life situation that inspired you?
0: Honestly, right now, I'm just so focused on like creating worlds that almost anything inspires me. Like sometimes I, I'm like traveling by car and I stop. this, this happened two weeks ago. I, I went to see friends because quarantine opened up like the, the the lockdowns here. And I stopped four times to take photos because I saw something. Like I looked out of the window and I was like, oh, I could do something with that. And I just took photos and yeah, like now I'm working on four pieces that they just popped up from like the street. And sometimes it's like stories. Sometimes it's like I'm watching some type of movie and, oh, I like that scene, but I would do it differently. So I just tried to recreate it in like my own style. Like it's just everything nowadays. I I guess the quarantine made that easier because you were forced to get inspiration for anything and everything. So, yeah. Before it would be like traveling, now it's anything.
1: So basically the pictures that you are using, I saw one of your uh, workflow. Yeah. The picture is yours or it's taken and you adopted that work? So
0: I have work done with my own work, like my own uh, photos. I have some that like from stock photos, um, websites, but the goal before this whole thing was Me to travel, take a bunch of shots, come back home for like a month or two, edit, 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 travel again, edit, edit, edit. And that was the plan, but as we know, people can't really travel right now. So I have to resort to like unsplash (laughs) and shadow stock and all that. Unfortunately, we cannot
1: travel that much here, but (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Like it's been it's been a new learning curve because I started with like stock photos. But right before this whole thing, I was starting to like, let me just put my own photos and see if people enjoy like me creating my own content. And then bam, you can't really do anything. And well, I, I, I've started doing like some self portraits, but it's not the same because you still have to use photos for everything else. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe you will
1: show us a little bit of your I, work.
0: I can and I yeah, have sure. a few things.
1: Sure. Can you share your screen so uh,
0: people can see. see? I think so. Let me. See.
1: So, while you show us a little bit of your work, wow, this is impressive. Uh, what That's... art do you most identify yourself with?
0: Uh, I would say I'm a bit of a mix between a surrealist and what now is considered a composite artist. Uh, basically, so this is my most recent piece. Wait, it should have opened. I love this one. Like this is my most recent piece and I actually have like the stocks I used for the base of this image. These were, these three are from Shutterstock. This one is from Unsplash and then the rest is painted by me. But for this one, I actually have the time-lapse and I have a bigger version that I showed on social media. And this is the time-lapse of me actually doing the piece. And you can see me just like compositing all of the photos and then when I'm happy with the composition, I start painting over it. And that's why I would call myself a, a mix between the two. Because since I have w- this thing called aphantasia, it's a condition. I wouldn't say it is a disease, but it's a condition where you can't visualize anything in your own like mind. Like when I close my eyes, I just see black. A lot of people can actually visualize things. I can't, so I need photos. And I usually block out things with photos and then from there I start painting over it and I've been like exploring more of that type of style I also did a lot of paintings recently that followed the same process you currently own my favorite (laughs) you currently own my favorite because it fully represents the style I'm trying to go for and I've been like kind of stuck on the oh, it needs to be realistic, it needs to be realistic. It doesn't. That's the thing. It doesn't. No. And the NFT world really showed everyone that you don't really need to do. I it think oh,
1: everyone okay. has his own not not style, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. So taste, let's say, I don't know if it's taste, taste is the real word or the right word for this, but maybe taste. And for me, this combination of surrealistic yeah. with the colors and the stuff—it's super attractive for my eye. That's why I bought them. It's not like I bought the pieces of art because, well, thiago is joining me, no? Because I really, really love them, and this one is super impressive. Please stop posting them because <laughs> my wife will kick me out of the house. So if <laughs> I
0: keep buying, <laughs> honestly, uh, the um, jelly world that you got on Makers, right after you purchased it, it was shared on Maker's Place uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I got, I think it was like, what? 10 DMs asking if I knew if you were gonna sell it again. So- I don't think so, so
1: it's gonna be (laughs) there for a while.
0: Like this one, for example, uh, the background is a photo. Like the the back of the image is a photo of like a sunset, I think, and there's a girl here and everything else is painted on so i just merge a bunch of like textures for the monster and then everywhere i would see like oh an eye could fit here i could fit there and i just started painting as the image talked to me in a way like i, I had the vision to me the as concept well. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good because this style has been taking me what four or five years to feel comfortable with sharing Like this one, the heart, the base of the heart was an actual heart. And I just started layering things and it ended up like this. Sometimes it's just stuff like this, a little bit more on the simpler side. But other times it gets crazy and it ends up like this. I I, I really like it. But I had
1: to decide between this one and the fighter. I think the fighter was closer to me than this one. Although I really love it as well, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to I make guess, a
0: choice. Yeah, I guess people can get everything and anything. For me, the fighter is a little bit more my own personal taste. Like it, well, it, it's more the refined to, to, to the, the goal I'm going for with this uh, style and this vision. This one is more related to the traditional work I did before and I guess that, that needed to be the start from where I was going. So oh, yeah. The like, girl I, in here is painted
1: or is oh, a picture I'm of sorry. a girl.
0: So um this is Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I have a a portrait of someone and then there's a a layer of acrylic pouring on top. So there's a photo of acrylic pour on top of a photo of a portrait. And I just liquefied the face to a point where it fits what I wanted and I started painting it into realism again. So I destroyed someone's face. I am so sorry. I don't know you, but I think it's. <laughs> and fine. now as you're, you're you it Yes,
1: it's it's quite beautiful. Honestly, I really I... wanted to buy it as well, but uh, already two made me a little bit, little bit of trouble. So <laughs> I mean, um... on my end for me it's not like i i want to sell it yeah. i'm more like maybe a collector i like the piece because i see something unique in it i buy it for myself not to resell it maybe there are some nfts that are for reselling or something but some digital art are for me to stay in my wallet unless you send some fantastic or crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> price that i cannot say no yeah, I think it will be there for quite a while. I
0: mean, so- hopefully you get a really good offer on them, and you have to ponder it. But you know, I I would enjoy to keep it on your collection because, like, that's that's why we do art. It's not really for the money itself. True, it helps because, like, the starving artist like thing. It's really cool on the movies, real life. It's not that easy. But I think my own goal is to see my art in someone else's house and someone else's like wallet, like just see it next to other people's art not just me and like oh this is all I did it's kind of like okay like y- you can see even w- with my background like this is my work but here i have work from other people and like i have my work there but there's like marvel there like i need to be surrounded by art so I guess I, I, I just want my art to do the same for someone else. So, <laughs> so talking yeah. about art,
1: what does your artwork aim to say?
0: Okay. The paintings have been a, a bit of a, a way I found to explore my emotional side more of the things I've been fighting against during like quarantine like the fighter for example it it really represents what I've been going through more recently because recently uh, I haven't talked about this a lot online since of COVID I started getting fewer jobs mm-hmm. so things started to run tighter and tighter and tighter and the creative side of art doesn't really pay as much or as fast as the skill based side of art like freelancing yeah. retouching and all that and I have have been trying to put that skill aside so I could focus on NFTs and I could focus on expression and all of that but It isn't always easy. So that piece represents the fight between my creative self that just wants to create every day and do a lot of things. And it's always like wanting to create a new piece of work and the reality of, well, we still have bills to pay. We still need to eat. We still have to pay the house and the car and all of that. So, yeah, I've been trying to with digital painting explore a little bit more of the emotions like this one over here that's also for sale on OpenSea it's a a representation of all the voices people have inside of your head as an artist all of the oh you're not worth what people say you are like in my case since I've managed to gather a bigger following on Instagram it's a lot of the oh why would people follow you your work is not that good and fighting that with all of the other people telling me no your work is worth it it and I believe my work is, is worth it. I and I've believe. put the time to make it worth it. But it's been a little bit of a representation of every single emotional path I've been going through during my journey. And my more realistic work, it's a bit of just based on fantasy and trying to create worlds for other people to live in, in a way. Because it's the easiest way for me to create the stories, I guess, I have in my head. So digital painting, more emotional, more real to me as an artist. And that's why that's what I've been trying to focus a little bit more recently Photorealistic stuff, photo manipulations, and all that. So a little bit more for everyone else. Just enjoy my world. I created this. <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> awesome, man.
1: Who are your biggest influences?
0: Um, I would say so. All of the surrealism gods, like. Uh, Dali is a really big one because it, you, and you can even see it on my digital paintings, like all the melts and all the, why is that there? Like, why does that look like that? Uh, it has been a really big influence as like a traditional artist. And in the, the new era, there's a few artists, it's not their style. It's the way they work that mm-hmm. ended up influencing me. Like Panjul, I don't know if you've crossed paths with him on Twitter, Maybe. Is an Indonesian artist, if I'm not mistaken. And I met him, I think, four years ago on DeviantArt. And I fell in love with his work. His work is absolutely amazing. And then two years later, we crossed paths on Instagram. And I know, like I learned because we started talking more. He was working with a mouse like he was making these amazing paintings with a mouse instead of a tablet. Like I use a tablet and my work doesn't look like as polished as his. And like the faith just worked that way. I ended up getting a partnership with the brand and I managed to give him a tablet and I helped him like get his path easier and the way he worked before and the way he works now and all of the things he does really really inspires me as an artist because he didn't have it easy and his work was still amazing so why can't I make my work amazing like that's a person as an artist that really inspires me Uh, Mariska also is a really amazing artist Uh, Mariska Becker uh, she does a a bit more of a sci-fi vibe and she has been doing really good on NFTs recently her work is also amazing Gavin Shapiro that is a bigger name also an amazing artist that just the vision and the way his work just looks seamless. It's like, okay, one day my work can like get to that level. I think, yeah, I I end up finding inspiration in people that I think it's more of a
1: practice. The more you practice, the more you do, the better
0: you become. And I think it's already you are already
1: top level, but you can also refine your skills to make it much faster.
0: You're right on that. It's the amount of times you do something. The more times you do it, the more time, the the easier it gets, the better it will get. But yeah, I think I I always end up being inspired by people's work ethic and less by their visual work. Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of artists that their work is not my personal taste, but I still love their work because I know how they work and i ended up like just feeling inspired by that and yeah i don't visually i don't really have like a person i look at and i think oh like i want that look i want that style and i i try to not do that because in the past when i was starting there was a lot of that trend i guess Mm -hmm. like oh everyone is doing this so let me try to do it too because for some reason that's what everyone was doing and that i think it's a shot in your in, in the uh, when you start something it's good to try to replicate but if you focus on that you can lose yourself as an artist so i try to not replicate a lot of things and yeah i follow more of the how do people work and how do people interact and all of that to feel inspired by them so how did you develop your career basically you said that you started in school
1: when you were 13 and move on so how did you develop your career and how
0: do you seek opportunities So like I said uh, in the beginning, I've done a lot of jobs. And one thing I hear a lot is, oh, you're so good at that. Why didn't you focus on that? Oh, you're so good at that. Why did you left that to do that? And as a creative, I think if if anyone listening is also a creative, they can relate to that where a creative mind doesn't really focus on one specific thing. So I always had the struggle of, oh, I really like this thing now. And I focus on something and I find people and I try to network as much as I can. And then, oh, but now I I found something else. Let me try that too. And then my like 24 hours can only get you so far. So I just had to decide which part of the art had the a bigger thing for me like that is art in the sense of visual digital art because i can add like videos i can add music if i want to to a piece and all that and from there i started building my brand on social media And that ended up by default giving me opportunities to work with brands. And from there, clients showed up for freelance work. But when work is lower, I would go to like LinkedIn or ArtStation and just like email everyone, (laughs) everyone I could. And I thought like I would fit their, their jobs. I would try to email and send my work. And most of the times you get no's or you don't get anything. But when you get something, it's usually good. Uh, but besides that, besides the normal freelance work, I've done, like I legit, <laughs> when I was twenty twenty one, I I went like to friends and I would just like, oh, can I take your photo? Like, I'm going to give it for you. It's free. You keep it. I just need portfolio because there's this uh, uh, like person I really want to like show my portfolio to so I can get like a job. And I managed to get like a few photo shoots for books. I managed to get... Uh, photos on this book over here. This was my first published photos on uh, a book ever. Uh, Like this one, like this is a photo I took. And some of them ended up winning uh, prizes from one of Portugal's district. Yeah, this is a collective of like um, a lot of artists' work. It doing, like, it, they invite artists every year to go there and, like, represent their, their district in a way. Mm-hmm. And I managed to take enough photos to send them so they would invite me. And I ended up winning uh, an award there. And, yeah, like, it's a lot of basically hustling, like, oh, I saw that thing I really wanted, so let me do anything I can to just get the attention of the person and like, hey, I, I exist, please come,
1: like, give me the job. Thank you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's been a lot of that. I think, yeah, as a start,
1: it's a bit tough, but once you make your name, yeah. I'm pretty sure that you will be more than enough by selling NFTs and digital work. You won't need to do freelancing for anybody. Yeah.
0: I hope that soon you will be able to do it without freelancing. And... One thing I would like to tell people on that is even if any, everyone online looks like they are just doing amazing commissions and everyone is doing like artwork that they want to do. And like, Oh, everyone is getting like commissioned to do their style. Most of people I know do commissions on other people's work. Like, I get commissions every month to do like, oh, can you just edit this photo this way for a wedding? Can you just Mm -hmm. edit this photo for a single cover or something like that? So it's not as glamorous as people make it seem on social media. And I think that's a big problem with people starting now because if you're not doing what you see you think you're failing. And the truth is people don't share those little jobs. And I think by networking,
1: and artists are gathered in the clubs. Yeah, They get hints and they get to know better what's right yeah. and what's wrong and how that's to move true. on. How do you price your work? So I saw that you are putting them between 0.5, 0.4, yeah. Ethereum, how do you price your work? And do you think that art should be funded?
0: By funded, do you mean like the angel investor type thing from like the Renaissance era? Or like, are you funding it as like a as Indiegogo project. type thing?
1: Let's say uh, there's a small competition,
0: Yeah, 100 applied, 5, were
1: finalists and those five will be supported, funded at least. So let's say Tiago won't have to do their job or yeah. won't have to do freelancing. He will sit, focus on making digital art and then selling them. I would say this is kind of funding. So I'm funding you. Okay. You are free to do your job. Maybe I will take 1%, 2%, 5% of whatever, 10% of your art when it's sold. But more or less I am securing your monthly payment or your yeah. salary somehow or base salary and the rest is on your
0: I mean i currently am invested in a agro business project and it's partially funded by the government here in portugal so i've seen like funds for almost anything here so i don't see why artists wouldn't get one too because i think that would give a lot more artists a lot more freedom to actually invest their time and their skills into Mm -hmm. like creating what they actually want because one of the things I see most of the times and I've seen like amazing artists just having to quit because they didn't have the money to to stand on their own feet and it's that it's the the lack of one job two info about like pricing and how to price yourself and three just the society in general devaluing our jobs like if I got one dollar for every single message I got asking me for free work because oh it's just this like why does it why is it so expensive oh it's just clicking a button no it's not Uh, I've been doing this like for years and that's why it looks so easy and like that's why it's fast and that's uh, to respond to how I price my work, um, for freelance, I basically did what every business does. So I set all of my expenses for the year, like Photoshop, uh, my car, my everything I need mm-hmm. for the business. I set all the expenses yearly. I divided that amount by the months. And then I said, this is what I think me as a person should be paid. And I added that up and mm-hmm. then you get your hourly rate. And there's a lot of good articles now for artists that are starting on how to actually price themselves. But for fine artwork, like NFTs, because that's the bigger comparison, I find that your way of valuing something, it's really random. I know people have told me that I should be pricing my work at three Ethereum. And to me, that's completely insane at this point of my career. But it's like people have told me that like, oh, I priced everything at three. I sold one and I sold more than you did. Like, okay, but like that's not where I want to be right now. I think if you're joining something, and I've seen that as like digital art student, when more traditional side, all of the artists I know that did gallery work, they didn't start by selling paintings for a million. Like people didn't start to sell for a million. Like to me personally, yes, you can base yourself on, oh, you have a following online. Oh, you have this, you have that. But what does that mean realistically in your journey as like an artist? like my journey right now, in my opinion, is just starting. So it wouldn't be fair. This is my opinion. And I know most people will not agree with me on this, but I'm just starting, I wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel fair to me to be like, Oh, please pay me 5000. Because I want to just because I want to like what I did was how much do I charge for a commission. And that price I put on the piece plus what I think the piece is worth. For me, based on the history of the piece, like, for example, the bird in the gold cage that's now available on Makers, I got an offer for $500. And even though it's a lot of money to some people, I don't think my first featured image on Photoshop, one of the pieces I made that represents a big part of my journey recently, is worth just that. Can you share it, for instance?
1: Just Uh, so that the people can see Maybe I will snap it before then, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let me open it on Makers, because that's easier because I have it right here. So this is the piece I'm talking about. So this piece was my first featured piece by Photoshop it started my journey with them it started my interaction with them because of this piece they sent me a care package in my birthday with like this mug actually like a few other things and it started a connection with one of the tools that gave me the possibility to do this so like I get it, five hundred dollars is a lot of money for a lot of people, but I wouldn't charge five hundred, like I wouldn't pay five hundred for something that meant that much to another artist. I guess that's where I'm yeah, going. For.
1: I think it has meaning, personal meaning for you. So it's yeah. not that easy to,
0: to go. And and it's like so if you see a photo that goes viral, like the memes, all the memes that have been been sold now. Like Mm -hmm. Pepe, um, Zoe, the girl with the the house on fire, like all of those memes are worth it because a lot of people saw it. So I've been trying to base the extra, so the commission plus whatever I feel it's worth, that extra has been based on how socially it was reacted to. Like Jelly World was my first viral piece. This one was my first featured piece by the brand that I owe myself to basically. Like there's another piece that's gonna be up soon. Let me see if I can bring it up so everyone can see it. This one, it's called Nightbringer. And this one was my first outside of social media, viral piece, like, so this, like this piece put me in contact with one of my, honestly, one of my icons. Eric Johansson like this is one of the gods on the composite world and because of that photo going viral I actually managed to get his attention and talk to someone that like is making one of the best works out there right now and like that piece wouldn't be worth the same as like something I did for practice or like something I did personally just on my own time just because I wanted to So I guess when pricing yourself, I think you need to showcase your work first and see what people think about it and how people react to it and what people give to you. And then after a a while, like after you are, already in the market and in the thing i think you're going to just be priced by other people anyway like if collectors just start buying you you're going to see the average you're going to see how much Mm -hmm. they are willing to pay for things on average but but yeah like it's it's basically a lot of how much is a commission by me so that's the base of something and then everything else is based on the reaction like this was the first piece i did live on a live stream on twitch i did this full piece live with people so people saw my process from start to finish for the first time like there's a lot of pieces like that that have my first time of this first time mm-hmm. of that and those are the pieces i tend to grab dear. so mm-hmm. i wouldn't just like let them go for the price it cost me to make it basically because
1: it has some connection
0: to you you know yeah, it has that's... meaning to you it
1: doesn't have to have meaning to others but
0: for you exactly it's deer, that's why
1: it should be more yeah. expensive than others
0: And like, I know that uh, there are artists just making pieces to sell. Like, oh, let me add more more stuff. But what I want to do with my work, and maybe that's why I don't sell as fast as some people have been selling, is I wanna, if I'm selling something, I wanna sell something that means a little bit of my story. Like I don't sure. want people just to get an image by me. Oh, it's a cool image. It's cool, it's pretty, whatever, but it doesn't mean anything. Like I wanna be able to say, oh, you have like my first viral social media piece. That's, that's like a part of me. You have my struggles as a creator during the quarantine. Like that's gonna mean something in like my story. So yeah, that's what I try to sell. So that's why I, I wouldn't just sell for the price it costs me to make it. Basically, awesome. At least I have
1: parts of your history, so now I'm happy.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to sell here. It's like not so, to be like. <laughs> so what do you like and dislike about your work? It really depends on how, like the process because most of my work there's a point I hate it. Like th- there was a point I hated every single piece I have right now. I think every piece has the ugly stage and every piece has the doubt stage. And then it always ends up, okay, now I like you. Now you're, you're the thing I want you to be, but To be like specific about things, I would say I would love to have a little bit more of a same style type thing, Mm. like do something more coherent, but that doesn't really align with my personality. So, well, it is what it is. I guess I don't have a coherent style and that's fine by me. But yeah, if I I could change something, that would be one. And I would say uh, something else that I really like on my personal work is the fact that, and like, I like to look at my Instagram because of that. When you look at my feed or like a lot of my work collected, it just looks colorful. It's just like full. I like the fact that it's full of what I was trying to make. Like, it's not dull. It's not that, like, there's always a little bit of color here or there. Like, there's always a, um, a punch of color and that's something i was scared for a long time to do because like color is the scariest thing to work with like people now you need to have
1: a harmony somehow yeah. that matches the, the atmosphere
0: that is there yeah and like if you miss
1: something maybe it will affect the overall yeah and, and, and it's story. like
0: you you can literally change the message of something by changing the color like it's insane to me looking back at how my work started and how my work is now how much my conversation with color change i have my work set by year so i can show you like my first pieces of work here and i can show you the folder and you can clearly see i did one color that's it. like that blue and teal thing that's what I did. I was scared of everything else. I wouldn't touch anything else. I tried here and there, like, oh, there's a little bit of red. There's a little bit of something else here. Like, this is like, but it's still a lot of blue and teal, like the, the teals and the oranges and all of that. <laughs> and now, when I compare this to what my Instagram looks like now, it's like, oh my God, what happened? Like, I just, there's rainbow everywhere. There's colors everywhere. Yes, like,
1: pretty colorful.
0: And just
1: to mention one of your Instagram pictures is, or will be auctioned or will be set for sale on Wax. I minted it. I think you saw it. So we yeah. we worked a bit on it. Your version is still. We animated a little bit the, the jellyfishes and we added yeah. some sparkle inside. Hopefully people will notice it. The promo went viral. So basically it sold out in a few minutes. In two minutes or three, it was gone. So
0: Yeah. I when know. you send me the link and then I check back, I was like, wait, what? But- but there's none left. Yeah. So, <laughs> how some, did that happen?
1: I think if you open a WAX wallet, I will be able to send you a few of them and then you okay. are free to share them to whomever is on WAX if you if you would like that. It's it's pretty fine. I took some so that you can give or yeah. you can use them for sharing it on Twitter or something like this. So, you can use I mean, them as I a giveaway. I
0: would like to have one. Sure. Because like I, I, I like to have a, a piece of everything but everything else yeah i'm totally fine with giving it away because it's hard to be given
1: so before ending what's the best piece of advice that
0: you've been given huh actually yesterday i was talking to uh, an artist and she's been struggling a lot with the overwhelming need of time right now uh like because this is the biggest amount of time any artist has had in the past few years because nobody needs to go outside nobody like you can just yes. sit here and do this like i have three screens in front of me and this is what i do most of my day um and she was struggling because she didn't find the time to create be social and post it's and, pretty tough yeah like nowadays you have instagram you have Divinity Art, you have twitter you have youtube you have Artstation, Beyonc, like there's so many platforms, and I think one misleading thing about being an artist nowadays is you need to be everywhere, and the thing is you don't because no. you don't. Like you don't need to be everywhere. You don't need to talk to every single person as soon as they messaged you. And I did that too. Like I, I, I fell into that rabbit hole where I would probably spend what eight hours a day talking to people. Whoa! And if you spend eight hours a day talking to people, you don't spend it creating. You don't you don't do anything. It's impossible. Like nobody stretches that far. And yes, I could do it for like a week. But then I would be completely burned out and I would spend like two weeks without talking to anyone. I wouldn't touch DMs. I wouldn't touch anything. So if I could give people advice, I, I would give the same advice I gave to her. If people DM'd you because they like your work they want to see more of your work. So if you can't just talk to people today, talk to people tomorrow, take like 30 minutes today. And now you talk to a few people, tell them it's fine. Oh, I need to go to work. Do like, take your time to focus on what gave you the thing you like to do. That's creating, like, don't turn your passion into full on job that doesn't need to exist. Because if people really support your work, they, they, they want to see you work. They don't want to just talk to you all day about random stuff. Just focus yeah, on creating and sure. focus on yeah, sharing. Focus on, yeah.
1: So anything else you would like to add before closing? Feel free to, to speak whatever you have in mind or any future plan, anything you would like to add well, that
0: we missed. There's a, there's one thing, and this, is, this would be the first time I would talk about it publicly. I've been adding and the piece you own has a bunch of them Uh, i've been adding these little guys let me just share the screen again like these little guys to my work recently I saw I saw
1: them in one or two pictures I think it's like this one
0: has it this one has it too all of the painting ones they all have it and I've been working on like this one has it in like it's it's the representation of all of the ideas that's my way of putting it like this one has it as well like all of the, the paintings have it And I've been working on a collection that's going to be more of a cheaper version because it would be like a collectible type of thing. And I would be announcing it now here. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be releasing a full like collectibles with those characters. And it's going to be following like what we've seen now on NFTs like a lot of personalities, a lot of different styles, a lot of, like every single one is going to have a different style. But yeah, that would be something I haven't shared. But yeah, these guys are going to show up everywhere. Hopefully soon I have, I think it's like 30 done now. I want to have a hundred before I release it, but, but yeah. Almost uh, halfway. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like a week, a week of free time because I don't really do anything else besides work. So it's going to be fast, I think. But yeah, that's something I haven't shared anywhere. And since you were gracefully like invited me to do this, uh, I wanted to give you something uh, I didn't share anywhere else. Thank you so much. Uh, So
1: I I, I would like just to ask a question, what does this squid in the middle of the picture, I I, I don't remember the name of the picture that I bought beside the the fighter, the other one.
0: Oh, the jelly world? The jelly world. Yeah. What does
1: it represent to you before closing?
0: This was my first interpretation of what now are the little goopies, the, the little guys. Like I was completely addicted to jellyfishes On like artwork because it was an easier way to add color and light and those are the two things i'm completely obsessed in work with like I love to add color now I love to have magic like all the clothes and all that, so the jellies were actually my first version of what now are the goopies and. Like it's the visual identity of ideas for me. So you have two pieces based on that. <laughs> it's Thanks kind of so funny because I didn't really <laughs> like, I really didn't didn't put them together and thought about what both of them meant. And now like I was looking at my ins and they are like next to each other. I was like, oh. You literally picked two pieces that meant the same exact thing (laughs) like that's maybe that's that's how my brain functions yeah like that's incredible like i didn't really like wow well there's something i found out today (laughs) thank you so
1: much tiago for joining me today it was a pleasure getting to know you getting to, to to see your art to hear your story I wish you you. all the best. We will be always here. I am really happy to have you as a connection. And if you need anything, please feel feel free. If I can support in any way, feel free to contact me and I will always be there for support if needed. I wish you you a very
0: nice day. and Same to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Crypto Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, visit us at kryptonnewslebanon.com. We'll see see you soon.